It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, cause it's on now. The Tom Sumner program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, We continue into the second hour of our three-hour tour. My guest this hour is an award-winning game creator of uh, You're Pulling My Leg and You're Pulling My Leg Jr. Um, Both uh, boast 600-plus questions. And... uh, my guest uh, Alan Wolf suggests that maybe this is a lighthearted way to steer people away from uh, political fights uh, over Thanksgiving, which is right around the corner. Anyway, Alan joins me by phone. Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. Um, is is that a big concern in your household? Political discussions around the Thanksgiving table? It would be if my kids kids were not five and seven years old. <laughs> ah. so, <laughs> uh, they, you know, they love talking about Star Wars and all kinds of topics, but they don't tend to talk about politics. It's more something I hear from friends and other families. Well, this is going to be a very different, uh, a different Thanksgiving, um, but. Uh, Throughout the holiday season, things are going to be very different, and games might be a way to pass some time for people that are that are dealing with pandemic fatigue. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I think they give games give people an opportunity to connect in a way that's really fun and engaging. It's something that, depending on the game, can be hyper competitive or not so competitive, but. It's just a way for people to have laughs and find a way to connect with each other over something other than the craziness of what's going on in our world right now. How does somebody, Alan, become a game creator? Well, it's it's an interesting process. I mean, for me, it started, I my game, You're Pulling My Leg, I originally created it as a gift for two people who were getting to know each other well. Um, the, the guy in the relationship was a very good friend of mine, and I gave it to them as a Christmas present. 
And they loved it so much, and my friends loved it too. They said, oh, you should turn it into an actual game. And so I did. And to do that, I created a prototype, and I played that with people, got feedback from it, then changed you know, rules, kept developing it until it was ready to go out to the wider public. And then from there, I created uh, five more games as well. I went to Toy Fair in New York where I met with a lot of game stores and toy stores. So it's a, it's a process that starts with an idea and then from there goes to a, a prototype that you create that people love and then from there figuring out a plan to manufacture it and get it out to the marketplace. And with, uh, we'll just take your Pulling My Leg, for example, has over 600 questions. Um, how how is this game different, say, than other games that feature questions like Trivial Pursuit? These questions, I mean, it's called the ultimate storytelling game. The storytelling is all about your life. So all 600 questions are questions about you, about your history, about your likes, dislikes, about your dreams and hopes for the future. The whole uh -huh. goal of the game is to just really get to know people and build relationships. But you know, normally when you're having a conversation with someone, it might take a while to get to ask like certain questions or deeper questions, but with the game, you can get to those right away. And because it has this competitive edge to it, because you flip a, dot, uh, flip a uh, coin, and then if it lands on, on heads, you tell a true story, tails, you make up a story, and then the other people playing then vote on how much they think your story is true or false. They can bet one, two, or three points, and then the first person to 21 points wins. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, and, that, <laughs> and therein lies the you're pulling my leg part. Exactly, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I was going to ask you about that. Is this, you know, does this game encourage people to lie? And apparently it does. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, uh, people brought that up with me, and I, I said, you know, if you have kids, you know that you don't need to teach them to lie. It becomes innate. But uh, the National Parenting Center, when they reviewed uh, the game, because there, there are two versions your pulling my leg, which is for ages 13 and up, and the junior version, which is for ages 9 and up. When the National Parenting Center reviewed it, they loved it, they recommended it, and they said what they found is that it teaches children how to create stories that are engaging, compelling, funny, and uh, so that's really the heart of the, of the game. And then it also teaches them to be perceptive, to figure out as they're listening to someone else's stories, are there tells that that mean that they're trying to pull their leg it helps them be more perceptive as well i was gonna say i would suspect that that uh you know one of the outcomes of this is is developing the ability to tell fact from fiction mm, right yeah it's very interesting because it's as you are playing with people you're looking for their tells you're studying the way that they're telling stories the way that they're explaining things to you and uh, it's just really, that's a fun part of the game, is, is discovering what is true and what is not. But then even after, if, you're, if you think it's true and it's not, you usually then get to hear the real true story about whatever the question is. So no matter what, you end up, you end up learning all kinds of interesting things about the people that you're playing with. And, and how did you come up with 600 questions? That seems like a, that seems like a lot, Alan. 
<laughs> well, then the junior version also has 600 questions. There are actually over 1,200 questions between both books. But the way that I did it is I just imagined sitting down across from someone and having a conversation and just thinking about every topic that I could possibly ask them about. But the funny thing is that all the, all the questions are questions you can answer in more than one way. There are no yes, no questions. So you can, I mean, that's one thing about the game is that it makes it so you can play it again and again. But that was another challenge is that I had to come up with things that can be answered multiple times in multiple ways. But it took many weeks, and then I had to go through and make sure I didn't repeat any of the questions. It was quite a challenge. Do you have a couple of uh, questions that that you could uh, provide a couple of examples? Oh, sure, yes. So the way it works is, like, if you and I were playing, you would look at, I call them cards, and each, each page has three cards on it, and each card has three questions. And then you read the questions, and you figure out which one you want to, uh, want to answer. So, for instance... I'm just turning open, opening the page randomly, and it can be uh, card 80 says, tell me about something you have done that was daring, or something you can be insecure about, or a toy you broke or lost when you were a child. Well, if I, if, if I were playing the game, I would, I would pick the daring one. Okay, the daring one. So... Let's pretend you flipped a coin, and you can decide whether it landed on true or false. Why don't you tell me your story, and I'll tell you if I think it's true or false. Okay. I, um, I, I once uh, got on the top of a 19-story building and crawled, because there were no guardrails, literally to the edge of the building and looked down the side. Wow, okay. And then it's up to you if you want to answer any questions or not. So can I ask you what brought you up there to begin with? Uh, pure curiosity. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's a really interesting story. So I'm not 100% confident that it's true, so I'm going to bet. I'm going to vote two points on that being true. Is it true? It is, in fact, true. It, uh, okay, okay. So then I would then add those two points to my score, and then it would be my turn to tell you a story. Oh, I thought, would you like me to tell you a story? I mean, well, I, 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 I thought maybe you were, you were picking a question. Or, or oh, okay, so I'll look at the next card. So the next question is, uh, tell me about a fun vacation experience. Tell me about one of your favorite vegetables, or tell me about something that interests your parents. So I'll go with something that interests my parents. They love going on cruises. They, uh, this is something, usually about once a year, they, they choose a different cruise. They'll, sometimes they go up to Alaska. They love going down the Caribbean, but they just love just sitting back eating whatever they want, and there are just avid cruisers. I would, uh, and, and I can guess what, how many points? Uh, yeah, one, two, or three. You vote one, two, or three points. If you're confident, you'll bet, you know, vote three, because then you get those points added to your score. If you're not so confident, 
you know, one or two, because if you're incorrect, then, then you, those are subtracted from your score. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go all in, Alan, and say three okay. points that that's true. Ah, uh, it is 100% false. Really? <laughs> yes. My parents, uh, the only time they've ever been on a cruise is after they got married. They actually sailed on the Queen Elizabeth II. I mean, that was a oh, wow. very long time ago, but they they actually are, my uh, dad uh, has always loved trains, so they, they take, uh, they've always taken trains wherever they've come, but they have not been on a cruise since shortly after they got married. <laughs> no, you, t- you, you, know? you told that so well, and, and you, know, you know what hooked me, Alan, was what? What? being able to eat whatever they wanted. Uh-huh. Because that is such a talked-about feature of cruises. Uh, right. That that's, right. that's that's what true. hooked me. <laughs> Interesting. That's and really and true. once a year because people uh-huh. people who uh-huh. people who tend to go on cruises, it becomes an annual vacation, mm-hmm. and they go to different okay. places. And and so those things you know made it ring true to me. And and that's mm-hmm. and, but that's the fun part of it. And I, and I right, purposely right. picked the the top of the building story because it was unusual enough to be made up. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things I love about it is that you do end up hearing interesting stories about people's past, about their relatives, whatever it is, and then you walk away from it feeling like, okay, I know that person just a little bit better than I did before. Were were you an avid uh, game player before uh, creating this uh, the, the the original uh, idea for you're pulling my leg? You know, I enjoyed party games. I enjoyed games that involved a lot of people. Games that you would do with large groups of people. Not so much intense strategy games, but more games where maybe you're acting out clues or. You're doing things that, you know, you're, you're shouting for your teammates to do really well. Just kind of games that you'd play at parties. Things like charades and Pictionary, that, that kind of thing. Exactly. Boulder Dash. Exactly. Exactly. Those are the kinds of games I really uh, appreciated. And then since then, I, because, you know, when you come out with a game, you go. Hello? Board game lovers. And so I come to appreciate all kinds of games that I never knew about before, strategy games and games that uh, are much more kind of deeply mind-engaging than things that you would necessarily play at a party. So I've definitely grown in my appreciation of all kinds of games since I first came out with this game. Alan, I have to take a short break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure, I'd love to. Okay. the uh, my my guest is Alan Wolf, the creator of your Pulling My Leg and other games, and we're going to talk about some of those other games and games in general more with uh, with Alan. But first, uh, we're going to let our broadcast partners at ninety two point one FM WFOV, our Voices Radio in Flint, squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well and uh, more fun and games when we return so don't touch that dial don't click that mouse we'll be right back 
Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. The Spangled Dwarf in his bow tie. The infantry that don't ask why. Hi, I'm Bob Dunn. Remember those fabulous 60s, the marches, the beans, the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music? Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. You'll thrill to Society's Child by Janicean, Pleasant Valley Sunday by the Monkees, What Have They Done to the Rain by the Searchers, In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley, Silent Night, 7 O'Clock News by Simon and Garfunkel. And who can ever forget this all-time classic? Yes, it's Barry Maguire's immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War. All for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring vanilla fudge, blue chair, frigid pink, Moby Grape, the electric prunes, Jeff's airplane, Lotharian hand people, to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you also get the best of the supergroups with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream, Golden Protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well... It's time for my boot heels to be wandering. But here's something will tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package. Just send $3.95 and check your money order plus your name and address to Apple House Box 70K South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's $3.95 and check your money to Apple House Box 70 Do it today.
This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my my guest this hour is the creator of a game called You're Pulling My Leg, which features over 600 uh, questions. Um, and uh, his name is Alan Wolf. He joins me by phone. Alan, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, absolutely. It's great to be here. Now, just before the break, we were talking about how you had gotten more interested in games after creating this one. Uh, but what are some of the other games that you've created? You mentioned you went on to do some more uh, some more games. I did. Well, <clears throat> the, the journey started with you're pulling my leg. Then I got a lot of requests from kids and families to come up with a version that they could play as well. So then I came out with the junior version. And then I came out with a very fast card game called Slap Wacky, where you race to, to create shapes of cards and then slap them to grab the points. Then I created a game called Pet Detectives, which is a favorite among my kids and many kids everywhere, where you are searching for pets through these cards and you get rewards when you find them. And then a game called Jabberjot, where you get 90 seconds to write a story using pictures and words. Those are, that's, that's, those are the games I've created, and they've together, gosh, I think that they've won about uh, 39 awards, which is incredible. Wow. Um, it, with you're pulling my leg, that that one is fascinating. We, and we gave, uh, we we did a couple of questions, went back and forth, and and uh, you got a couple points, and I lost three points. But that's that's typical <laughs> for me. Um, but uh, one of the one of the things that um, that I wanted to ask you about this game is how many people can play. Minimum two people. I mean, that's the idea originally was sure. for to create it as a couple. But you know, I've actually played it be up to. Uh, I mean, from twelve people, fifteen, even in a group of thirty people, it's very expandable. But it, when you expand it to a large number of people, you change the rules a little bit. Like, for, for instance, instead of saying, oh, the first person 21 points wins, you can say the, the person with the highest score after all 30 people go will win. Uh, right. Lately, we've been playing it over Zoom with friends and neighbors, and the largest group I've played it with over Zoom has been like 15 people. So it will be people will be, you know, with different couples and but together, that's been the largest number ever Zoom. Now, does this have um, a a a, uh, a dealer, uh, for lack of a better term, um, someone who draws the cards and the questions, or is it one of those things where you know each participant draws from a stack? Well, there is no stack. It, it was in the original game, but after the pandemic hit. I felt like I realized that all of us being very much more isolated from each other than normal needed a way to really have a fun way to engage and connect with each other. So I took the game, which used to have a shaker and a die and cards, and I, I created a new version that's entirely contained within a book. So now uh-huh. you can take a book anywhere with you. All the cards are actually printed inside the book. You can play it off of Kindle as well, so it's very portable, storable. But you, there's no um, dealer so much. You just take turns being the storyteller. So that's the person who's going to tell the story. 
And then as a storyteller, you go to the next card, you look at the three questions, you choose the question you want to answer, and you tell which you say, oh, I'm going to answer this question. Then you flip the, the coin, and heads means you tell a true story, tells you make up a story, and then after you tell your story, then people will vote one, two, or three points using hand signals. So when you're playing over Zoom, then people point one, two, or three fingers up, which means they think you're telling a true story, or one, two, or three fingers pointing down, which means they think you're pulling your leg. And then you actually get a point for each person that uh, you fold as well. So that's part of building up your, your score. And there are also wild cards, which if you land on a wild card, depending on what the wild card says, you can also gain or lose points as well. What what made you think of um, having a uh, a coin toss to determine whether the storyteller would uh, tell a true or false story, as opposed to um, letting the storyteller decide? Well, for two reasons. One is it's accountability. <laughs> so if someone doesn't believe you, you just show them, you know, what the coin says, you know, ah. saying, okay, yeah, it said true or false. And the other, it just has a fun game play to it because I think in some ways it might be easier if you decide if you want to tell a true or false story. But it adds like this interesting edge of, okay, like you don't know, like you've chosen the question, but then you don't know how the coin is going to flip. And it just causes you to kind of think on your feet in the moment, and it just makes it that much more fun. How does the, um, the, the book version then comes with a coin? No, I, you either have to have a coin or I okay. actually use a coin flipping app on my phone. So okay. you don't have a coin. And there's actually even a website, coinflip.com, hilariously, and all it is is a coin that flips. So there are many ways of flipping a coin if you don't have a physical coin. And, and I imagine in a group setting that a book would be passed then from, you know, person to person, depending on which person's turn it was. Um, would you have to have uh, people who have copies of the game um, at, at opposite ends of Skype calls? Uh, you could, or when I've played it with folks, uh, you just have someone read the questions so that then the other people choose which question they want to answer. So you can play with one book and multiple people on Zoom, and then, you know, as the, as the person who's leading the game, you just say, okay, here are your three choices of questions. You read them out, and then that person who's the storyteller chooses which question they want to answer. Now that you've got these, uh, these games out, and and the others that you have out um are, are you working on future games do you uh go through life looking at oh wow that could be a cool game <laughs> i i do think of things in those terms i'm also a filmmaker as well so i am finishing up a film called there's a romantic comedy called hooked that will be coming out next year and uh, that's based on a novel that I wrote called Hooked. And the game, You're Pulling My Leg, appears in both a novel and a movie. So it's, uh, it's, I'm all about storytelling. I mean, the, the games are all about storytelling. My movies are about storytelling. Uh, so it's right now, after this game, my next focus is uh, the release of my new film. Now, I have to ask, is, is the uh, synopsis of Hooked 
about a couple who fall in love while playing You're Pulling My Leg? <laughs> oh, that was a brilliant idea. Where was that idea when I was making the film? <laughs> the ultimate synergy. <laughs> no, it's actually a romantic comedy about a man who believes he found his perfect soulmate, but his autism keeps him from realizing that she's actually a prostitute. So it is a... It's a romantic dramedy that highlights, that helps people uh, grow an awareness of autism, but also has an, an entire anti-human trafficking message to it as well. Uh, so then, at that point, you're pulling my leg becomes uh, kind of a bad pun. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because in the novel, Hooked, and in the movie, I uh, the main character uses the the book to... Uh, get to know her because, you know, he's new, he's, he, he feels a little awkward on the dating scene, and obviously that's kind of what inspired the, the game to begin with. Then I thought, okay, I'll incorporate this into the novel and the, and the movie so my character can use the game to get to know the person he's dating. <laughs> um, why autism? Why, why have uh, a character, uh, how, how did you come to decide that that character would be autistic? Well, in writing multiple versions of the story, I, uh, I mean, as a writer, that part of me, when you're creating characters and stories, sometimes the characters, they come to life and they, they almost come to their, they almost start writing themselves in a way. I mean, as you're writing dialogue and creating scenes. And I have uh, several friendships. I have a relative who's autistic. And so it really made sense for that character. And I love the idea of here's someone who struggles socially with connecting with others who then meets someone that he, I mean, he's a very loving, kind, and trustworthy heart. So when he meets this woman, she actually tells him that she's an, an actress and he believes her because he's just a very trusting person. And then she starts to realize, wow, what, there's something different about this person who takes me at my word and is loving and trusting. And so it just made, it just made for a very sweet story that it, it, in putting these two different characters from very opposite ends of life, this created a very uh, compelling story. Um, you know, the, uh, the game, You're Pulling My Legs, seems like um, a, a really good game between... Uh, people who maybe don't know each other very well yet, uh, people that you work with, or, um, you know, if you're, if you're in some sort of uh, club or fraternity or something, as a way of getting to know these acquaintances better. But what about within a family structure? Um, how, how effective is it with people who know each other very well? Well, it's, it's interesting. I've played the game hundreds of times with all kinds of different people, and what I've discovered is people who go into the game saying, oh, we're going to do really well at this because we know each other really well, inevitably will, they, will, they will discover a question that they had no idea that, what the answer was for the, the other person that they're playing with. Because I created, I created questions that are not just 
things externally that that person might do or like, but also things that people are thinking within their minds or experiences that they had when they were very young. The junior version, um, I, I realized with, when you're playing with nine-year-old and up, someone who's nine years old and up, I, I need to create a version where parents could play with their kids and they wouldn't know the answers, which is a challenge because obviously these kids have been in your, your home for, for, you know, many, many years. So the questions in the junior version of your pulling my leg uh, are much more internal questions, how they think about things, how they feel about things. And there are things that you wouldn't necessarily know as a parent. My wife and I have been married for almost 11 years now, and we still play the game, and we still uh, we still are sharing stories with each other, things that we did not know about. And then I've actually I played it with my parents uh, last year, and they've been married. My goodness, at that point they were married for over 50 years, and they were sharing stories that they did not know about each other. So it, it's very interesting uh, to just. That, that the game helps people who feel like they know each other really well. It helps them to discover new and interesting facts or experiences that, that people never knew about. Well, this, this sounds like, like tremendous fun. Um, I, and I'm intrigued by the fact that you originally created this as a, as a Christmas gift for a couple that you knew. Um, yeah, yeah. That... Um, that seems like a, a, a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> it, was, it was. Well, the funny thing is that I, for the first version of the story, I mean, I created cards, I printed them out on my computer, and then I, at that point, the original version had a die, a, a die and a shaker, and the die, if it landed on T, you told a true story, asked, you told a, a false story. So I went to the arts and crafts store, and... You, and found all kinds of things to create. And it did take a lot of work, but this, uh, the guy I created for, Rob, and then his eventual wife, Summer, I mean, they're longtime friends of mine that I've known for many, 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 many years now. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, it was a way for me to let them know how much I cared and loved for them and love them. And I continue to, we continue to be in each other's lives today. What did everybody else get? <laughs> right. It sets the bar high. I realize that. I mean, I lowering expectations. <laughs> Everybody else got Twister. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Twister. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Oh. Um, how has looked looking at at some of the other games which you you began doing after you created your pulling my leg? How did that change the evolution of the game and games that that you create going forward? Well, it was very interesting. It's been a very interesting process because when I first came out with your pulling my leg, the first thing I mean when you want a game to get out to a wide audience, you start you sell it to toy stores. To, uh, to game stores, to bookstores and gift stores. So to do that, I went to the American Toy Fair in New York City. And at first, I went there you know, with the first game, and I would meet all kinds of people who would then get the game to put in their stores. 
And the thing that I kept hearing over and over was, oh, well, you know, we work with a lot of different game companies and toy companies, and we'd really love more than one, you know, one game from each of these places. It's a lot of paperwork and a lot of work. So then I realized, you know what, I actually need to create more games to make this into an actual company and with, that reflects the things that, that I think are fun and imaginative. So then after that, I just started just brainstorming and coming up with new ideas for games and then going through the same process I did with Deploy My Leg, where I created a prototype game, uh, played it with friends, tested it with different families, and then some, some things worked, some things didn't work, and the things that people really enjoyed, and especially enjoyed playing over and over, those were the games that I ultimately decided to manufacture. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask because, you know, there are some games that, you know, once you've played them, it's kind of like, okay, you know, that was fun. Um, and, you know, but, but the fact that this relies on a certain amount of creativity sort of reinvents the game every time. Right. And those are the kinds of games I wanted to do. Because, you know, I mean, no one wants to get a game. You play it a few times, you throw it into the corner, it gathers dust. I wanted to create games that were fun, engaging, creative, but also help people connect with each other and had a massive amounts of playability where you can play it uh, all kinds of different times in all kinds of different ways and in all kinds of different places. I mean, that's one of the things that I loved about Employ My Leg is that you could take it anywhere. You could play it anywhere. It didn't matter if you were on a car trip if you were standing in line, you know, if you're on a video call with someone, I just wanted it to be a game that people could play over and over and no matter where they were. Well, this is, um, you know, kind of just just such an interesting, uh, uh, what, um, philosophy that you have about making games that encourage people to tell stories. Um, that's that's a real interesting part of this and what makes it different. Like, for example, um, Trivial Pursuit, they, they ended up having to come out with all kinds of different editions because after playing the game for a while when it was extremely popular, people started getting the answers memorized to the questions. Right, right. And with this... You could play with the same people five nights in a row, and they could draw a lot of the same cards, you know, or, or turn to um, a lot of the same cards, but tell a different story each time. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that was exactly what I was setting out to do because of my own frustration where I would play games, you'd play them a few times and realize, Okay, I get this. I've played it, ready to move on. <laughs> but you've invested, you know, money into purchasing whatever the, you know, whatever the game is. And so I thought, okay, well, if you could create things that you can play multiple times and it would not get old, like that would be something that would be worth investing in. Well, this is um, this is really fun, Alan. I always uh, we're we're now about four minutes from the uh, from the end here, and. I always give guests an opportunity to let people know where they can find out more about uh, about the game you're pulling my leg, but also about you and, and uh, your various projects, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? 
I do. I have for the games, MorningstarGames.com. So if people go to MorningstarGames.com, they can see all kinds of information about all the different games. They're available wherever books are sold. So, you know, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. I mean, anywhere you can get books, that's where you can get. You're pulling my leg. And for me personally, for my, my other books and movies, if you go to AlanWolf.com, which is spelled A-L-L-E-N-W-O-L-F, uh, AlanWolf.com, you can, yeah, you can find out more about me. You can send messages to me. Of course, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I love to connect with people. And if you can't remember how to spell my name, just go to MorningStarGames.com, and there's a link to my main website there, too. Oh, excellent. Um, so, Alan, is it, uh, um, I, I don't know, uh, a, a little silly to ask what you'll be doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> Not at all. We're in Los Angeles, and, I mean, crazily, our, we just got back, our home flooded, and oh. so we just got back after three weeks in the various Airbnbs. We do, we're so thankful to be home, and we're going to be having Thanksgiving at home. So it's going to be us and our family, I mean, me and my wife, my two kids, having Thanksgiving dinner together in our home that is no longer flooded, but we're so thankful to be here, to be with each other. We're very much looking forward to it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're able to be home and, and do that, and a lot of people will be uh, at home with their families uh, this year. Uh, it's been advised that, that people don't get out and travel, but this would be a, a great game to play for people who are trying to get in touch with friends and family via Zoom or Skype, mm -hmm. um, you know, to have something to do other than what you have for dinner. Exactly, exactly. And that was my hope, is that I wanted to give people uh, a different way of being able to connect with each other, to be able to ask each other questions in a, in a fun and engaging way where people are laughing. People tell me, and I, I personally have experienced every time I play the game, there's just so much laughter. You're just, the stories that people share. You're, I mean, I've, I've laughed to the point of crying when I played You're Playing My Life. So that's my hope, is that the game brings a lot of laughter, a lot of smiles and really helps people connect much deeper over the holidays and beyond. Well, this is, uh, this is great, and it's been, uh, it's been fun talking with you, Alan. I appreciate you spending this time with me this morning. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Tom. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. That was Alan Wolf, the uh, creator of the award-winning game You're Pulling My Leg, and other games as, as well. Um, if you're listening to us on WFOV, Our Voices Radio, 92.1 FM in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. We're going to take a, uh, a short break here. Um, but we're going to be uh, talking to the germ guy next hour. He is the uh, go-to guy in uh, Canada for infectious diseases. Um, his name is Jason Tetro. And, uh, and he has some advice and tips about uh, how to be a little bit more vigilant with um, cleaning 
and and what surfaces uh, need to get the most attention. That'll be coming up during the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner Program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman Orange. It's absolutely rollicking. 
Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman study sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman's sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you. Could you be happy if your name were sarsaparilla? This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Now, I tell you this, this story. This is a game that we played when we were, when we were kids, and it's called... Buck Buck. We played it in Philadelphia. Buck Buck. Now, you people out here in the West Coast probably know nothing about it. Uh, in New York, it's called Johnny on the Pony and other things. It's where five, uh, five kids line up, you see, and they bend over. They're in a straight line. They bend over, and one kid grabs a fence or a wall or a pole, holds on to that. The next kid puts his right arm around his waist, you see, bends over, tucks his head under, and you got five guys lined up exactly like that. <laughs> So they all look like a long horse. Now, the object of the game is that one at a time, one by one, kids come running up and they say, Buck, buck, number one, come in. They run up, leap in the air, and they land on the horse. And they keep going, bam, 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 until they collapse the horse, you see. Now, that's the object of the game. Then you count how many kids you held and you, you go back and forth, you see. Now, we had the champion buck, buck team of the world. When I tell you we played Buck Buck, there was nobody that whipped us anywhere, man. And you can tell kids that play a lot of Buck Buck because they're built like this, you see. And their legs are only four inches long. That's all they have because they've been crushed so much. So we're around there practicing Buck Buck number five. Land on each other. Some kids come down from the rough part of town. And they're really tough, man. They got toothpicks on the side of their mouth. And a hat on sideways, and he got the pants on backwards, you know, just rebelling against everything, you know. And he said, Listen, we're here, you're supposed to be so tough, we challenge you to the Buck Buck Championship of the World. So he said, All right. So I line up, turkeys. So we line up, five of us. Whack. They start sending kids down. Buck Buck number one, come in. <laughs> feel pretty heavy, man. We check them out. Guys have rocks in their pockets to make them way heavier, you know. And buck, buck number two. Now they get up to 300 and it's really heavy. Buck, buck, 300, come in. Now they're on top of us, piled all the way up to the sky and they're rocking back and forth. Hold on, Harold. I can't do it no more, guys. Come on, hold on. Buck, buck, 400, come in. We collapse. All right, how many did you hold? We held 400 of your guys. Well, that was pretty good. But we usually hold around 600. Ah, ah, ah. All right, we line up. They line up. Send the first kid down, old weird Harold. All right, Harold. Buck, buck number one, come in. These guys are really cool. What was that? A mosquito? <laughs> you guys don't have no weight. Come on, let's go. Buck, buck number two, come in. I landed. A piece of paper. Somebody threw a piece of paper on top of me. Buck, buck number three. That was nothing. Four. Five. We got the championship. All right, bring out your last man, you turkeys. Come on, bring him out. Come on out. Fat Albert. 
Fat Albert was the baddest buck buck breaker in the world. And he loved to hear us call his name. Fat Albert weighed 2,000 pounds. And he kicked the door to his house open. And you could hear him say, hey, hey. We built a little ramp for him to walk down so he could build up speed because he couldn't hardly run fast. And he was coming, hey, hey. And the ground was trembling. Trees falling over. Buildings losing pieces of brick. Parents taking kids off the street. And these guys underneath said, what's the ground doing? Shake it, man. How come the ground shaking? So that's Fat Albert coming for you. Hey! And he turned the corner. They saw one leg. What is that? So that's Fat Albert. Hey! And they stood up. We give. He ain't falling on us. Now, I told you that story to tell you this one. Now. Guys, guys in my neighborhood went to great lengths to scare anybody. Because it's a great thing when you scare somebody. They lose their cool completely. That's the only time when a human being is really himself. I mean, because if you scare somebody good, they just, the legs shoot out, the hair stands up, the eyes bug out, and they say, blah, blah. Yeah. See? And then you laugh. Ah, 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 that was really funny, man. You got so scared. Ah. So, guys found this statue. Stole it, really. A statue of Frankenstein, five feet, eight inches tall, in color of the monster. Frankenstein monster. Ooh. They take it home. There's only three of them. Take it home. They take it into an apartment building put it up on the third floor landing, you see. Now they take out all the lights in the hallway, put in a pink one right by the monster statue. One kid gets behind it. They send another one out in the street. He calls a kid. They come running up. He passes the kid with the statue, taps him. Kid with the statue leans it. Kid that doesn't know anything about it turns around and kills himself running out of the building. You see, this is called fun. Of course, then you laugh at the guy. Boy, you were really scared, Red. You fell 12 flights of stairs. That was really funny. <laughs> so, I'm coming home from the store about 8 30. No, I always have my music with me. I always have to hum my music because monsters cannot attack you if you have your music with you. See? Hey, cops! What? Come on over, man. You should see it. Herman's getting a beating. Let's go watch it. Herman? Yeah, I love to see Herman getting a beating. And I jump, man, I... And I'm chasing after this guy. I can't wait, man, to see Herman get the beat because I don't like Herman anyway. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes up the second flight and says, Wait for me, man, wait for me. Don't go so fast. Blah, 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 blah. And he makes that turn around the third, and I make the turn, the guy takes a step. I never touched one step. Ran two miles before I realized what had happened. When I turned around, they were right behind me laughing. Funny man, guys rolling, kicking the feet up in the air on the back. It was really funny, boy. You were really cool, man. You just lost everything as well. Your hair was standing up and everything. It ain't funny, man. 
you can kill somebody like that. Suppose somebody would look at that statue and their heart just stopped pumping right away. Or the guy would have just fallen down some stairs and hurt himself. I didn't put it. Yeah, but God, you just see yourself. It was really funny, man. You just went, true. Didn't even touch one stuff, man. It's really cool, I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen, guys, now you got to get somebody. Yeah, that's right. Get up in the hallway. Get the statues up. Come on, we're going to get somebody. I'm going to scare somebody now, boy. It's going to just be me, I tell you that. I get somebody killed around here. It'll really be funny because when they leave that statue, they'll be like, oh, that'll be it for them. And I'm waiting outside. Is the thing up? Yeah, okay. Here we go. And wait, somebody's got to come sooner or later. I'm going to get somebody. And I hear off in the distance, Hey! Fat Albert. Hey! I said, hey, Fat Albert, come here, man. You should see Herman. He's getting a beating. I like to see Herman get a beating. Now, Fat Albert is not too fat, see? So I run up and I grab my arm. Come on, Albert, hurry up. And I start hitting him behind the back. Hurry up, man. Did you see it before it's over? And we go up to the second flight. I start laughing because I know what it is. And turn around. Come on, Albert. We get up to the third flight. And the guy's there. Oh. I forgot I was behind him. <laughs> they, uh, they took me to the hospital and they put me in a bed beside a wino who was run over by two kids. And we both agreed that uh, frightened children are really uh, hard to get along with. I never had a guy dance on me so long. And he was so scared he couldn't even get a hey, hey. He was and just dancing right on me forever. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.